Should be a, the Packers game, no problem. I'm actually taking the Jets here. I think this New York narrative keeps going, so uh, I don't know. I don't believe in the Packers. My right. hero pick of the week. Your hero pick of the week, you and Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> Our resident Jets fan. I'm back, back in the New York blue. It's the Out of Your League Modcast, presented by Great Iron Monks. And here are your hosts, Vivian and Milton. Mmm, back, back in the groove, just like the Jets and Giants. You know, I've been applying your system's way of life lately, Vivian, and I think I already feel better. Uh, This whole podcast is like a therapy to me, and when I listen, that is, of course... I'm feeling good, you know, I made it to the office very early, uh, gonna get my free lunch. Uh, like I said, called both New York teams to upset the Packers and the Ravens, and I won by 0.02, uh, despite forgetting to start my kicker uh, <laughs> and benching Kyle Pitts and Brandon Ayuk, so um, I guess fortune favors the systematic. Yeah, this is true. You know, I think a lot of teams really shook up their systems over the weekend. There has been a weekend of surprise upsets. Mm. We had six underdogs, according to the Vegas Lines, who brought their A games to beat their opponents. So we had the Giants, the Patriots, Steelers, Falcons, Mm. Seahawks, and of course the Jets. Um, So that's a fun one. We'll have our resident Jets superfan, Robert Bloomberg, join us on that recap so he can tell us whether or not the Jets are for real, because this team is certainly throwing the swagger around like they are for real. All the New York teams, it's kind of crazy, right? Like mm-hmm. the Jets are doing well. The the Giants are somehow winning games with that ragtag bunch that they have. And then obviously the Bills, the Bills are great. Oh, the Bills are from New York. <laughs> yeah, like it's like it. I don't know. Is is New York like a football state now? Is that what they're going to be known for? They're they're the state that produces football teams. It's been a long time, I think, since all three um, teams in New York have done well in mm. the season. Mm. <clears throat> you give me some Bloomberg wisdom many times. So excited, but you know we gotta roll the tape. So much to cover and less than an hour to do so. So let's do it, Tommy boy. In League One, Top Golf gambles on Green Bay in a loss to Calvin Sportsbook. I was over on the bench, missed their last play to no good, not great. <laughs> While Diana's Danny team takes a big easy win over the big easy. 21 rings was no match for the Andrew match here team, and herb your enthusiasm puts three Bengals and a hound dog. Too bad. Nap nappy. League two, Connor's glorious win took a glorious win over old Barkley No Bite. By the way, we'll have him later. Old Pacheco gets shut out of Rams house while Friday night Corgis runs over Kyle Kent's real team. That's that's it for her being 5-0 now. 6-1-5-1. Los Diablos Monco sees us in a 0.2 win over Jill's super team, but think with Tugo ought to think a little harder on how to take a bite out of the wolf pack. We three three. <laughs> the best was all team trying my best needed for a win over Spork. Janelle's Rat Pack overtakes Rebeculous, ooh, while Yo Belichick yourself chomps on Scott's tops. One and four Philly Philly beats one and four Dan Bandy's team. So one is two and let me see the map, two and four. While last place Excelsior falls to number one Ricky's legit team. League four Muff is loose, slips over Trufani's sloppy stakes while Brady Gaga gets a win over Andy's marvelous team. Lindsay's legendary team gets victory stolen from Sack Lunch and Karen Swack team puts on a show against Herbert Sherberts. 
In the battle of the undefeated teams, it was Mac loving it who gets the W, handing rookie AJ's astonishing team her first loss of the season and of her life. 86.26 to 82.6. I was close in week five. Let's see what happened here. Joel's astounding team had more than a feeling when they were going to beat. I got a feeling. Flutie Flakes ain't no flake, taking on Kyle's legendary team in a 22 point win. Travis Bulk Bashers chucks it laces out while this new Stasman team outshines Peter's phenomenal team. Spartans make a fool out of Christian Clowns. 192992. So many numbers, guys, I got it. It's hard. League 6, Error DNU. Still don't know how to say that name. Gets their first win of the season, finally, against Jake's World's Class Team. Congrats, that feels good. Hey, no, how that girl with a high score of 143.3. Wow, blows out below average letter. Oh, the notification there. Uh, Thomas and Match Team needs some beer, vodka, ballet after a devastating 61 point loss. Mr. Football steals one away from Milo's magnificent team, and Will's extraordinary team breaks Acres, breaking heart, and Acre is broken out too. League 7 laid off. Dog Moms look more like the A team. Uh, taking the A-team on this week's matchup, uh, Big Dak Energy was all talk against Endless Excellent Team. To Affinity and beyond, Sales just passed killing it, while Sky Supercharges chokes, chokes, oh my gosh, my English, on Big Hopes. Oh, Alex Awesome Team takes an awesome win over Francis First Rate Team, 119-272. Let's see, League A, Demented and Sad but Social takes a happy victory over Brooks Boss Team. Claudia's, Claudia's standout team, see all this English Spanish, yeah. Then, uh, Cloudy's standout team didn't stand out against Monster Mash, while the legendary lifts up to his game against Danny Dimes. Katie's quality team upsets more money, more problems, and the Auto Draft Kings shows that AI still got it in a win over Hurt. So good. Uh, this so many names. It's hard, man. Uh, we're doing, we're hanging in there. League 9, Gronking Me Softly was no match for Mitch's matchless team, and Stacy's quality team messes up 18 of the best turned recipes. Rebuilding year came up just 0.54 short of Trey Area, while the Hail Mary went up in flames in the Bantus Inferno. The terrible towels wiped the floor with Ovo Yen 119.16 to 67.52. Ouchie. League 10, the Sunday Night King finally falls short to Cats and Rival Team. Jordan's grand team falls for false gold. Well, Touch the Mama came in clutch finally against Edward's quality team. Sarah's okay team did just okay, but not enough for Kailitos Banditos. No breaks, Jake stepped on the gas to run over Collins, Master Blasters. And in the League of Champions, Reeves and Butthead, that's Bloomberg, makes a comeback against LLFG. In battle for first, it's I'm Thinking Arby's that emerges victorious over JT's Legends, that's our very own Vivian. And Champlain also cleans the ranks, taking down Orange is a new sack along the way. Third string kickers show that kickers have some oomph to scoring 135.92 to Kendall Beckham's. 98.58 Okay, breaking news. The Cardinals traded for Robbie Anderson yesterday morning. Like, that was really fast. So, if you saw the Sunday game, um, Robbie Anderson was excused from the sidelines after being seen getting into multiple arguments with receivers coach Joe Daly. Mm. Um, now, after the game, Robbie Anderson came out. He wanted to clear the air. He said there were some disagreements about subbing out of the game on third down. Um, there's also some speculation that, you know, Robbie Anderson is not super happy with the Matt Rule firing because Matt Rule was his coach mm. um, back in his Temple days. So... Oh. You know, some some turmoil happening over there um, in the Panthers locker room. But um, sources told Adam Schefter that the Panthers will receive a 2024 sixth round pick and a 2025th um, seventh round selection in exchange for Robbie Anderson. And now this is coming off of Hollywood Brown exiting yeah. um, Sunday's game after getting his foot crushed when going up for a ball that was grossly underthrown. Um, Hollywood, who was seen in a walking boot after the game, 
um, did some testing both on Sunday and yesterday. Originally, the injury was thought to be season ending, but it's actually just a small non-surgical fracture. Still, the recovery time for that is about six weeks, so... There goes another. There goes another. Now, Robbie Anderson comes in for the fill. Um, mm. The Cardinals also likely lost their starting left tackle, Justin Pugh, for the rest of the season due to a knee injury coming off of that game. All right, let me add uh, Robbie Anderson into my lineups here. <laughs> um, the waiver claim hitting right now. Another breaking news yesterday morning confirmed um, Carson Wentz fractured his ring finger Ooh. in the Thursday night showdown. So he will be out at least four to six weeks. Um, they said that the injury reserve is a consideration. So it's going to be Taylor Heineke season Ooh. again. So Love how do we feel? Guy. Yeah, how do we feel about that? I think there's no much downgrade. I think it's might be better. I don't know. Might be better. I yeah. don't know. I like Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I like his last name. It reminds me of Peter. <laughs> um, more quarterback news. Jack Prescott, who has missed the last five games, now says he plans to be back for week seven after the Cowboys loss on Sunday night. He said that he's been throwing, he's felt fantastic throwing before Sunday night's game, and he should be good to go in this week's upcoming matchup. Um, Skylar Thompson injured his right thumb on Sunday and did not return to the game. Bridgewater, who cleared the concussion protocol, stepped in. But now Mike McDaniels has confirmed that Tua will be the starter for Week 7. Alright, we got Tua back. Just take care, man. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous about that. Be Obviously, careful. Tua is the best choice for the team, but, like, I don't... Like, is he fully healthy yet? We don't know. I don't... Like, like I say, these guys should just retire. I don't know. It's dangerous out there. Yeah. I mean, another quarterback, Kenny Pickett, left the game yeah. on Sunday with a concussion, is already ruled out for next Sunday night in Miami. So it will be Trubisky as the starter with Mason Rudolph at QB2. I mean, they beat the Buccaneers, so whatever. <laughs> uh, Panthers quarterback PJ Walker also left the game with a neck injury. Oh the Panthers, like, they are just... Who did they have a quarterback then? I didn't even watch this game. I'll talk about it. I yeah, I don't even know who who got put in, but you know, no PJ Walker. Baker's obviously still out. Darnold's out. Just what a fire oh, dumpster. Yeah, dumpster. No fire Robbie over Anderson. There. No Robbie Anderson. Um, this one looked really scary. Bucks tight end Cameron Bray was taken off the field on a stretcher and ruled out with a head and neck injury on Sunday's game. Didn't see that. Um, yeah, super, super scary. Obviously, he was limited all last week because he was mm -hmm. in concussion protocol, so yeah. having the back-to-back -back injuries um, makes me kind of nervous. He did thumbs up the crowd. They said that he is still at the local hospital undergoing evaluation, but he does have all movement, mm -hmm. so that's a good sign. But, yeah, that, that was traumatizing. Um Moving into running back updates, so J.K. Dobbins did not play the second half of Sunday's game. Um, it was said that his knee had tightened up. This is slightly concerning coming off of his previous mm -hmm. injury, like this man just had his knee rebuilt, basically. Um, Harbaugh says that the turf was most likely the culprit, as Can if we, we didn't already know that. <laughs> no, I've been saying this for a long time, since 1980. Yeah. Um, update on Rashad Bateman, who has missed so much time at practice. Apparently, he had sprained his left foot and is close to returning, according to Harbaugh. 
Um, Harbaugh also said that Gus Edwards is a possibility to play this upcoming week, Sunday night matchup against the Browns. Either that or he should be good to go for Thursday night football the following week against Tampa Bay. Okay. Um, Deion Jackson limped off the field on Sunday after being tackled. He was ruled out for the rest of the game with a quad injury. Something to monitor throughout the week, although both um, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines should be good to play this week. So Deion Jackson, you know, he may have just been a sacrifice to the fantasy gods. That was fast. That was fast. But, you know, you picked him up, you st- you plugged him in, and then... <laughs> One hit wonders. Prayers up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, goodness. Um, Kyle Shanahan says the 49ers are hoping to get Elijah Mitchell back after the bye week, which is the first week of November. Um, he said that there's been no setback, so that could be huge for this team, and they've really had to hold it down while he's gone. So um, that should upgrade the team's run game when he comes back. Cliff Kingsbury says that Damian Williams likely won't play this week, but James Conner is still considered day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle with a shoulder injury late in last week's game said that he is good and feeling fine. Um, we'll have injury report updates obviously on Thursday's episode as usual. So if anything changes, we'll let you know. The long-awaited wide receiver Jamison Williams is not ready to practice quite yet, according to the team. Says he needs more time. This guy got so hurt no, in the January games. People keep hoping he'll be back. The injury looked bad. Well, he's coming off a uh, ACL, Why off no? of the championship and game. That was just, le- that was just this year. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, past wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, he left the game with a toe injury, did not return. We'll monitor that throughout the week. Packers wide receiver Randall Cobb, he suffered a potential high ankle sprain. Um, initial x-rays on Sunday were negative, but he's undergoing MRI today to learn the severity of the injury, but he'll definitely miss some time. Jaguars wide receiver Jamal Agnew suffered a knee injury against the Colts and did not return. More updates hopefully on Thursday as well on him. Chargers Keenan Allen did not play in last night's game. Says he hopes to return next week. So this is now five weeks of no play with a hamstring injury. Um, I hate when coaches do this. Like, why don't you just put him on the IR? I, I don't know. Again, I, <laughs> I, at this stage in my life, after yesterday's game, I don't know what coaches are doing. Um, Chris Olave, good news. Chris Olave has passed all the steps he needs in regards to the concussion protocol. Um, but we were told, or the reporters were told this morning that the Saints do not expect to have Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, or Jarvis Landry back in time for the Cardinals game on Thursday night. The Saints have also said that Andy Dalton actually has a chance to keep his starting role in New Orleans, um, mm. even if Jameis Winston is healthy. So, little bit of drama there but then it was also reported yesterday afternoon that dalton suffered a back injury during sunday's game oh my gosh (laughs) my goodness um and then we have all pro wide receiver deandre hopkins he is back at practice for the cardinals you know he's been working out at a nearby area park and remains in phenomenal shape according to kingsbury and company they hope that he can play in Thursday night's showdown against the Saints, although it's not really that easy with the short week. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it for the injury reports, although Thank we you. do have you know, some trade rumors amidst our first 
trade that's actually gone through. Um, it looks like it was reported that yesterday, veteran free agent wide receiver Deshaun Jackson is scheduled to visit the Baltimore Ravens today. You know, this guy, he is 35 years old, and he still wants to keep playing. 35 is a new 25. He'll be fine. But he was never really that good is the issue. Uh, Yeah, he just had that one year with the Eagles. It was amazing. Again, one hit wonders, no? Yeah. That's the thing, narrative. Um, So some speculation. So obviously we know that Cam Akers was was inactive in Sunday night's game um, against Carolina. So... So a lot of mixed reporting there because mm-hmm. this came out really right before the game. So first it said he was inactive due to personal reasons. Mm-hmm. But then the reports were updated saying that it did not involve a personal matter, rather mm-hmm. a football-related matter. Okay. Now, Sean McVay said on Friday that Akers did not practice um, and would not play on Sunday and that the team is working through some things with him. Um, he also declined to say whether he believes Akers will be part of the team in the future. So obviously that sent reporters down in a frenzy and they're saying that's possible that Akers has played his last down for the team. Um, the team is expected to field trade calls for their former starter. And now it's been reported this morning that McVay said that they are um, open to helping Akers find a new home oh. where he can kind of get a fresh start oh. acres drama we'll follow this close up it's i wonder if he's even a good running back he's um, not he's, he's not, not if right? you watch so it's so funny because it's like you watch him this year like he f- sucks he's mm-hmm. not explosive at all he looks slow um can't break through tackles and then for the rams like if you're looking to trade your, you know, your supposed stud running back, but then you sit him against, you know, a matchup against the Panthers who are in shambles. Like, you would think that you would want to start him to show him off a little, you know, kind mm-hmm. of bait and switch some of the teams who potentially could be interested in him and say like, hey, look, you know, he's like kind of good. He still got it, but they didn't. So it's like, I don't know. Everything about this is like so backwards. Interesting take. All right. All right, let's. Um, there continues to be CMC trade rumors, mm-hmm. of course, because obviously Robbie Anderson first to go from the Panthers. People are hoping that DJ Moore is to follow, and then, of course, CMC. Um, so a couple teams have been mentioned in the conversation. We have Bills. We have Rams. Um, Broncos and 49ers as 40. well. No, don't go to 49ers. He's going to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he already gets hurt in Carolina, so. True. Um, Broncos does not make sense to me at all. Like, that team is terrible. Adding CMC to the offense doesn't... It's going to be the Rams, right? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't help them. The Rams... They always do this stuff. I can see the Bills make the most sense, obviously, because they're Super Bowl contenders. I know, but it's just like, you know... Having more stuff already. Yeah, you just add another stud to your team. Taking people out of other people's hands. I think it would just... Um, for fantasy, I think the best is Rams, for sure. If it fan- goes- yeah. Fantasy purposes, Rams is probably the landing spot that you hope for. For real football purposes, I think the Bills no. make the mo- most sense because we already know Josh Allen is the running back one on that team. Singletary and down games is the, um, is the running back uh, two, one, two. Um, 
But having CMC in the fold, that would take pressure off Josh Allen, take pressure off Singletary in the run game. It would elevate their run game even more, as if they really need it. So, yeah, for fantasy, um, definitely Rams is probably their his best landing spot. But real football bills all the way. And he can finally get a ring. That's true. But here in this podcast, we care only about fantasy football. <laughs> all right, break the news. All right, so week six recaps. Um, first off, we had another abysmal uh, I Thursday told you it was night. Be worse. You said reluctantly, oh, it might be better. It was actually two points less. Commanders, Bears, it was a pick'em. Final score was 12 7. This game, you know, started off an, another terrible first quarter, confirming our worst nightmares that it could be, in fact, worse. It kind of picked up a little bit, kind of. Had some highlights here and there. Um, I mean, teams scored touchdowns. At least. So. One or two. I can't remember. One on each side. Okay. So that's more than last week. <laughs> Someone missed the extra point. I don't know. It was just a lot of inept football again. Um, on the commander side, you know, Carson Wentz, he had a spooky week last week, but now he's reverted back to his old self. I think the scariest thing about him is probably you never really know which version of Carson Wentz you're going to get. He only completed 12 passes in this game. Against the Bears. Against the Bears. Um, Brian Robinson, he did okay with the touchdown, but poor numbers for running back one. The Bears' D really came down on him in the middle of the whole game. Antonio Gibson, he didn't get brought in until the second half. McKissick did nothing. Mm. Uh, Terry McLaurin was the most relevant wideout in a least fantasy like relevant receiving group in the league right now. And aside from that, we told you to pick up the defense. The defense was good. 13 fantasy points. Um, on the Bears' side, Justin Fields managed to complete just two more passes than Carson Wentz, right. probably one of his highest on the season with 14. Slightly better, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Bears ran for 238 yards of offense uh, at an average of 6.7 yards per carry. So it's kind of crazy that they ended up losing this game. Um, They've been doing this. Both running backs did just okay due to them marrying the committee approach. Pettis, he got a touchdown. Mooney looked okay. Um, but defense was solid here as well. Got you seven points if mm-hmm. you started them. But the biggest story here was uh, Bulletproof Robinson making it back to the game full on. 12 fantasy points, not bad. He got the touchdown. Looking, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's go into Sunday. We have Ravens Giants first. So oh. our first uh, first upset. 2024 was the Ooh. final score. So going into this game, Lamar was actually 12 and 0 against uh, NFC teams. Not anymore. Not anymore. He went 17 out of 32 completed passes, 210 yards, and one touchdown, and seven carries for 77. Lots of fumbles. Um, you hope. For a better game considering he is playing the Giants so props to the Giants defense honestly um, Kenny and Drake stepped up he had 10 carries for 119 due to Dobbins knee injury that we talked about earlier 
Mark Andrews, uh, 7 out of 11 targets, 106 and 1. He's the number one receiver on this team. So it really looks like the team could use Bateman, only one catch from DuVernay, but the usage in the red zone for him was pretty good. On the Giants' side, Daniel Jones, he played okay. He got it done, obviously. Um, one fumble that only came from like a Hail Mary, but he did take three sacks. Saquon Barkley, 22 for 83 and a touchdown, three catches for 12, carried this offense into another week. <laughs> the wide receiver room was a ragtag bunch. So we have rookie tight end Daniel Bellinger. We talked about him in the matchup episode on mm -hmm. Thursday as a tight end two with tight end one upside. And here he is, 12 fantasy points for anyone who picked him up based Gosh, on the suggestion. Five, five out of five for 38 and one. And then Wandale Robinson in just 14 snaps after returning from his injury, but he had three catches for 37 and a touchdown on four targets. So you like that as well. Mm -hmm. um, he is probably my suggestion, one of my suggestions for a waiver wire pickup this week. Um, and we'll get into that when we talk about week seven buys, because there is a lot of fantasy implications for week seven. Oh. Um, moving into Jaguars Colts, final score 27 34. So on the Jaguar side, Trevor Lawrence, he was accurate, but he didn't really have to throw much to start the game because the team was running really efficiently. He ended 20 out of 22 uh, completed passes, 163 yards and a touchdown, six carries for 23 and had two rushing touchdowns of his own. Travis Etienne had 10 carries for 86 and two catches for 22. James Robinson had 12 carries for 54 and one catch for one. Um, so the backfield continues to be split over there in Jacksonville. Christian Kirk, one carry for four, and then four catches on five targets for 24 and one. A more quiet day for him since the team really zeroed in on the run game. Mm -hmm. Zay Jones came back from injury, had just a couple short catches until the second half. Didn't really do much. Um, Angren had the most targets, but he it was just five out of six for 40. It's pretty... Uh, not really a pass-heavy um, offense for this game. Mm -hmm. On the cold side now, Matt Ryan finally had himself a day. Uh, 42 completed passes out of 58, 389 wow. yards, and three touchdowns. The Jaguars' defense, you know, they have been a good defense up I until know. this week. Got minus one. They, yeah, they just let him complete as many short passes as he wanted to um, this really allowed him to find his rhythm. He was really accurate hitting guys on slants and screens just over and over throughout the game. Deion Jackson, we talked about, um, 12 carries for 42 and a touchdown. 10 out of 10 of his targets caught for 79 before being injured. Philip Lindsay didn't do anything until Deion Jackson went down. And then Michael Pittman, he had a nice little comeback, you know, 13 catches out of 16 targets for 134. But the touchdowns were kind of spread around in this game. They went to Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce, and Jelan and Woods. Alec Pierce still looks to be, you know, a decent wide receiver too. Um, he's definitely a favorite target of Matt Ryan's. But um, I think, you know, obviously we we can see that my, Matt Ryan doesn't have the, the arm that he used to have. So I think, you know, Pierce would benefit more if he had a QB with a big arm. Okay. All right, then we have Patriots-Browns, oh. so big upset here. Final score is 38-15, so Patriots Sad. side. 
Zappy. Zappy time. Zap, yeah, zap the Browns. <laughs> 24 out of 34, 309 air yards and two touchdowns. Took a couple of bad sacks, but that's not bad for, I don't know, a rookie, no. like an unknown, Without basically. Um, Ramondre Stevenson was the starter that we expected him to be. Uh, 19 carries for 76 and two touchdowns. Four catches out of five targets for 15. Now, Zappi, in terms of the wide receivers, um, in the receiving core, he spread the ball around quite a bit. Devontae Parker had four out of six for 64. Jacoby Myers had four out of four for 60. And Hunter Henry had uh, four out of seven for 61 and a touchdown. Tyquan Thornton's second game back from a broken collarbone. He, this guy was used all over the field. Um, three carries for 16 and a touchdown and four catches for 37 and a touchdown. Hmm. So, I mean, great, yeah. great offense. Yeah, where are these guys coming from? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Wharton, and this is, yeah, amazing. A, b- a band of misfits. But Mac Jones is in danger, no? I hear. Well, we'll talk about this in another episode, but yeah. I yeah. Hear, I hear I hear rumors. Um, On the Browns side, Jacoby Bursette probably had his worst game all year, um, which, as a reminder, you know, this is why he's a journeyman mm. and not a starting. Can't keep it quarterback for 16 games or 17 whatever no definitely could not um chubb he had 12 carries for 56 one catch for 14 kind of quiet kareem hunt yeah. yeah four carries for 12 Pass, got stuffed. they got stuffed up pass defense did great um and when you stuff up the browns run game i mean that's pretty much that's their it. only game so like... um the <laughs> loss was expected amari cooper performed as expected as well we you talked about it. amari yeah. cooper playing at home um, yep. Yep. Four catch or yeah, four out of twelve for forty-four and a touchdown. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones was just okay, four out of five for seventy-four, and then Njoku, uh, three out of six for fifty-eight, was still kind of effective for um, fantasy purposes. I think obviously all these players they get elevated also if they had a quarterback with a bigger arm, but sadly this is not the case. Um, Bengals Saints. Bengals thirty twenty six was the they? final score. Yeah. More than who that? <laughs> oh yeah, I forget about their um conflicting. That was the whole um, thing. Yeah, Saints. Who they is more than who that? Yeah, but the Saints had that first. Uh, there's still all this controversy, but the <laughs> Bengals today or yesterday or Sunday were the first. Yeah, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, obviously, they love the Superdome. That's mm. why they won the championship. Um, oh. That's why, yeah, that's why Burrow is sporting Jamar's uh, oh. championship jersey walking into the field. That I was, was like, why? Yeah, that was that was really cute. They have such a cute little bromance. It's it's nice to see them. Like, Burrow, was, they were getting interviewed, and Burrow was talking about it. He's like, it's great to get to play with this guy. You know, obviously, they played together all throughout college. And he says, this guy's like one of my best friends. We hang out all the time, so. Cool. Um, so Joe, Joe Burrow, 28 out of 37, 300 yards and three air, uh, three passing touchdowns, four wow. carries for 25 and a rushing touchdown of his own. Joe Mixon, he dropped a touchdown in the back of the end zone, but still had eight for 45 and then four catches on five targets for 23 and one. Jamar Chase, uh, seven catches out of 10 targets, 132 and two touchdowns. Just absolute stud. Yeah, over 30 points for these two guys, Burrow mm-hmm. and Chase. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Higgins did end up playing this game, but he wasn't really targeted until late in the first. He ended 6 out of 10 for 47. And then Boyd got some usage as well. 6 out of 6 for 66. That is a curse number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> curse stat. Oh, um, I we- like yeah, the devil. Hurst, <laughs> um, we have uh, 3 out of 3 for 21. So now moving on to the Saints side. So obviously Andy Dalton got the start again, but and put the Saints in a position to win. But this offense was just, you know, plagued by injuries. Taysom Hill didn't actually do much this game, which is kind of surprising. Uh, two out of four targets for 16 and five carries for 39. So not great after that big week. It's one on one. I mean, he's coming in this this Thursday. It's gonna be Hill day. Yeah, maybe. Um, Alvin Kamara, um, 19 carries for 99, 6 out of 9 targets for 25. He had the vintage speed that we're used to seeing. Mm -hmm. The wide receiver room for the Saints all over the place. Uh, Callaway led in the targets, but only caught 3 of them for 36. Traquan Smith, he got a touchdown, 3 targets, 3 catches, 43. Honestly, it's pretty (laughs) impressive that this team kept it as close as they did, considering that there was nobody playing. Yeah, it's the Bengals, you know. We tend to do that. Keep people in the game. Um, all right. Next up, we have Buccaneers Oof. Steelers. So this this Whoa. was a surprise, big surprise. You know, the Bucks were favored by eight points, and the final score was eighteen twenty. Hmm. On the Bucks side, the O line played poorly. Brady was sacked <laughs> twice in the first half. He ended up twenty five out of forty. Uh, attempts 243 yards and one touchdown Leonard Fournette had a big day 21 carries for 63 six out of six of his targets 38 yards and a touchdown Rashad White was quiet outside of two notable plays Godwin um, six out of 12 for 95 and then Mike Evans also a very quiet day Uh, only four catches on four targets for 42 I think the Steelers' defense really stepped up um, on this one after we talked shit about them playing so poorly against the Bills last week. So That means they're listening to us. That means we're famous. There you go. There you go, Steelers' real curtain made out of steel. Yeah, we said they got pierced, no? Like, like curtain, like, it's trash. Like, when Jesus pierced the curtain, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, for the Steelers, Kenny Pickett, he looked good early in this game, but he left with an injury. So then Trubisky took over for kind of a revenge game, like against his own team. He's like, thanks for benching me. I'm oh. going to show you what I'm made of. Oh, interesting. Um, Najee with a touchdown, that's more than you could ask for after the last few weeks that he's had, but still pretty unremarkable. 14 carries for 42. Now, Chase Claypool, welcome back to the NFL. <laughs> When Trubisky, we said he was gone, right? These yeah. guys listen to our podcast. When Trubisky took over, Claypool went seven out of seven for ninety-six and one, wow. and a carry for eight. So this is the biggest game Vintage for him this year. So Claypool. now we know Claypool um, only has value when it's Trubisky at center, and we call him out. Yes, and then both Deontay Johnson and George Pickens were involved in the passing game. Um, but they were clearly second and third in the pecking order behind Claypool once the offense really got rolling. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't want to talk about this game. Shit. Yeah, this was a bad you game. You want to skip it? <laughs> um, final score was 14-28. 49ers oh, lost to the Falcons. God. The 49ers, like Jimmy played horribly. Uh, 29 out of 41 attempts, 296 yards and two touchdowns. 
but the play calling in this game didn't really help him at all. Jeff Wilson Jr., only seven carries for 25. Juszczyk, uh he had four out of four for 33. Niners really just struggled with the rushing attack, which meant that this game was obviously going to end in a loss. Um, Ayuk, Kettle, Debo, all of them were peppered with targets, so at least for fantasy purposes, that used some points, but the offense and defense just weren't clicking on this game like at all. Nope. Um, on the Falcon side, Marcus Mariota was the star of this game, even though it wasn't anything super flashy. He completed 13 out of 14 passes for 129 yards and two touchdowns, six carries for 50 yards and a touchdown of his own. Uh, Huntley and Algier, they split the carries behind Mariota, both about 15 and 16 um, each for about 50-something yards each as well, so nothing to sing home about. Drake London got uh, three catches on four targets for 40. Zacchaeus got uh, four out of four for 58. <laughs> and then welcome Pat, Kyle Pitts. They actually Kyle used Pitts. them in this game. That was kind of surprising. That's, that's how you win. I wouldn't get used to that, though. I mean, he only had uh, three out of three for 19, but he got that touchdown. So. But if you want to win, get a turn the ball and touch it in the end zones. Yeah. All right, so then up next, we have the Jets-Packers game. Called it. I called it. Yeah, your hero pick of the week. Um, so final score was 27-10. Jets beat the Packers at home in Lambeau. Big, big win. And, of course, we statement had to. Win. We ha- Yeah, statement win. And, of course, that meant we had to bring in Robert Bloomberg our resident Jets super fan to talk about this game because I'm sure he has a lot to talk about. How are you feeling, Robert? Over the moon. We beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. The team looks like it has an amazing young core. And if we get Zach Wilson activated, we're winning the Super Bowl next year. Oh, my. Not this year. Next year. No, that's, you know, that's what I was saying in the beginning of the episode, like this Jets team, like, I don't know if they're for real yet, but they're definitely like talking and acting with a swagger like they're for real. I don't know if you, Milton, if, or you, Bloomberg, if you guys saw um, the interview afterwards with Sauce Gardner, he's like wearing the cheese head. He get like, tipped off by, uh, what was it, Randall Cobb? I don't know. Who- yeah, somebody got, yeah, I forget who it was, Lazard or something. Uh, something it, was Lazard. it was Lazard. It was Lazard. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you know, uh, playing here at Lambeau felt like I was playing at home, which, wow, <laughs> wow. I love a statement. <laughs> yeah. Look, what I've heard and what I've been reading is this roster as it's being constructed is a Super Bowl contender if Zach Wilson can take his game up to the next level, right? Like right now, we're a playoff team this year. No question. We have an amazing young core. And if the quarterback can play, above average even right this is a team that can go all the way yeah it's a big f I, but yeah a big it's f. a huge f but i can t- <laughs> i can also tell you all that i put my my wager on Brees hall and sauce gardner winning both rookies of the year this morning so watch out for that at the end that's my big prediction i mean i, I could see it for sure but let's talk about yeah. these games i'll start yeah. with the packers first um because they really do anything um (laughs) so Aaron Rodgers obviously he was under fire all day from the Jets defense he got sacked four times um only completed 26 out of 41 passes 246 yards and one touchdown 
And basically after the Jets put this one away, like Jordan Love came in for a few plays. Um, the running back room didn't really do much. A.J. Dillon had 10 carries for 41, four catches on six targets for 11. Aaron Jones, Your nine boy. carries for 19, three catches for 25. Um, again, I'm not really sure why this year, like this year without their star wide receiver is the year that the Packers what... have decided to no longer feature Aaron Jones in this offense, which is why they're playing like shit, I think. Um <laughs> Robert Tunyon, he led the targets on this team, 10 catches out of 12 for 90. And then both Romeo Dobbs and Lazard had reliable target shares, but didn't really do much in this game. But of course, we saw on the Jets side, you know, let's talk about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson has found a new role on this team, at least for this game. And it's basically just dump offs to Brees Hall. It's actually a great strategy, you know, because... I mean, last year he was Mr. Interception, and just you can't get intercepted. Yeah, just, just, if you're just dumping it off. Just give it to your best players, man. That's all. No, no rocket science. <laughs> um, yeah, Brees Hall's percentage uh, of team running back rushes by week this season have been insane. So started out 37 and a half, then 50, 42 and a half, 65 and a half, 64, and then this game, 76.9%. Um, he has been a top 15 running back in each of his last five games. He has a total of 391 rushing yards, 218 receiving yards. Wow. And since 1995, only two rookies have topped those numbers in the first six weeks of their rookie season, and that was Saquon Barkley and Kareem Hunt. Mm -hmm. well, this guy's yeah. a real dude, huh? And look, I mean – the few plays that Michael Carter comes in as well, he's effective too. So even if something happens to Hall, this is a very potent attack. This is probably going to rival Hunt and Chubb in Cleveland as the best one-two punch in football at this point. Absolutely. I completely, that's exactly what I was thinking of when I was watching this game, looking at the stats, you know, Michael yeah. Carter, he had six carries for 41. Like this, that's this effective. is totally run through the run game and that's how browns win games but the difference between the browns and they're winning team, games they're winning games uh i would say better coaching um better defense it's looking like so. saucy saucy defense soft quinnon lawson i mean you've got yeah, Quincy williams it's the east coast 49ers she called it yeah I think, you know, just de okay, let's talk just defense a little bit. Like, do we think they're solid for a, a solid pickup for fantasy purposes? I haven't even looked at them. I never looked at them in my, my ever. I think matchup based as always with any defense. I use them in my daily fantasy league this week, and I won for the first time this season. So I think that's all you need to say. Mm -hmm. They're causing turnovers. They have as many interceptions this year as they had all of last season. They're blocking kicks. They're special teams. If you're counting those points as the number one special teams unit in the NFL. So I think it's a pickup. I think it's a play, particularly against Russell Wilson next week. Yeah, I was going to say, like, they've been, the Jets defense have Wilson. been really good the last three games, and they get Denver next week. And I think the week after, they get the Patriots. Pat. Yeah, not super scary. Then Josh <laughs> Allen, so don't start them then. <laughs> I'm already placing my claimer here for my waiver to get the 
That's since the freaking Jacksonville Jaguars got me minus one. All right. Um, I guess the real question is like, what about the pass catchers? You know, like what about this receiving mm. core? What do we do with these guys? Have them block. <laughs> and they've been blocking really well. I just I don't know that you can trust all three. I think it's clear that Corey Davis is kind of a comfort blanket for Zach at this point. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's coming. I think that they're featuring the rushing game. They know that teams are going to start keying in on the rushing attack, and it's going to open up down the field shots for, for the offense. So I think the end game is a more balanced. I mean, look, we ran 53 plays. Zach Wilson had like 20 dropbacks. That's not going to last forever. He's going to throw the ball 25, 30 times a game. Two of those three guys are going to be worth playing. I just I just don't know when or who they're going to be. Plus, there's Conklin. And they've been giving handoffs and, and some easy throws to Berrios as well, who's also quite explosive. So yeah. don't fully trust the wide receivers yet, but I think it's coming. And, right. I mean, huge talents. Yeah. No, the talent is there, absolutely. I, I, I'm with you. I'm still going to hold on to Garrett Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you drop him, that's not the worst idea for other people. I'll keep my uh, – what's the second running back? I forgot already his name. Michael Carter. Michael Carter. Yes, I'll keep him. We have two Michael Carters on the Jets, but you can't pick up the cornerback in any of our leagues. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're feeling the groove then, huh? Uh, I've never felt this good about the Jets. Probably even better than when we had the good Rex Ryan years. And one last question with the Giants, you know, on the same groove, are you feeling what's the feeling there? I or mean, New York football hasn't been this good in years. The the thing about the Giants, like you can see the Jets core, the young core, like it's in the players. The Giants are just so well coached. You know, it, it's just a, such a different vibe, but it's equally as exciting, right? Like Brian Dable, as the head coach, has taken what is a team that still has so many holes and made them competitive, right? They're winning close games. They're Mm -hmm. playing football the right way. Like they're not that talented and I can see it, you know, maybe they also have an easy schedule coming up. So they're legit, but I I just think it's a very different vibe. Agreed. Agreed. And Saquon is obviously amazing. Yes, obviously. So feeling the groove for both New York teams, I guess. New York sports. We're on the way up. Okay, Vikings-Dolphins, final score is 24-16. So Vikings, Kirk was solid, but most of the game was a struggle for him since the O-line was under a lot of pressure. He completed 20 out of 30 attempts, 175-2. and Uh, Dolphin Cook led the ground game, of course, 13 carries for 77-1 and and a catch for 6. So... Pretty decent. Uh, Madison, irrelevant. Another 100-plus yard game for Justin Jefferson, who has now passed uh, Jerry Rice and Mike Evans for most receiving yards through a player's first three seasons in the NFL, which is kind of crazy because we're only in week six. So he's got he's mm-hmm. got a lot of time. Yeah. Um, he's currently at 3,670 um, versus Jerry Rice, which he had 3,575, and Mike Evans, 3,578. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Thielen got a touchdown this game, as did Irv Smith, but otherwise they were just okay. 
On the Dolphins side, we know that Skylar Thompson only played the first quarter before getting injured and Bridgewater stepped in. Bridgewater finished over 300, but he looked pretty mediocre. He got sacked five times through two interceptions. Raheem Mostert led the carries, uh, 14 carries for 49. And then Tyreek and Waddle both had pretty decent games, both over 100 yards today, just nothing in the end zone. Tyreek had... 12 catches on 15 targets for 177. Waddle had six catches on 10 targets for 129. But it was Mike Gesicki who <laughs> vultured the touchdowns in this game. He had six out of seven of his uh, targets, 69 yards, and two touchdowns. He's getting a lot of use out of that celebratory gritty. <laughs> wow, it was a Gesicki time. How, how, how do you rank his gritty? It's, it's I, I mean not bad for it's, a white boy. It's pretty good. It's way better. Remember, it was yeah, way better than Kirk Cousins' oh my, gritty. Yeah. That was embarrassing. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Even some NFL players didn't like it that much. Like, yeah, <laughs> we've seen Twitter. the we've seen the Gesicki Bridgewater connection though historically. Like when Bridgewater's mm-hmm. in, Gesicki definitely gets more usage, and when Tua's in, um, or anyone else, like he doesn't get as much usage. I feel like in the red zone. Listen to the data from Vivian. Um, all right, moving into this game, Panthers Rams final score 10 24. Um, yeah, somehow the Panthers did not cover, even though the, the Rams were playing poorly. It was a really slow start for the Rams. Honestly, it looked like the Panthers could actually take it since LA was down 10 yeah, 7 at the half, but then they just blew up the Panthers, of course. They're on fire, it's a, they're, they're uh, have some fire. Yeah, I mean, PJ Walker was basically asked to do one thing, which is dump off to CMC. Uh, CMC had 13 carries for 69, 7 out of 8 for 89. He still does his job. I mean, this is he's this yeah. is how they should have used him yeah. all season. Like, he's finally being used the way CMC should be used. Um, DJ Moore, still irrelevant, 3 out of 7 oh, for man. 7. That's really it from that side of the ball. They are in, like, full tank mode for sure. Keep going. Um, on the Rams, Stafford, again, <laughs> looked completely out of sync, <laughs> as usual. Um, 26 out of 33, though, 253 air yards and a passing touchdown. Two? Allen Robinson. Yeah, Allen's, you know, Allen Robinson saw signs of life Some in this love. game. Five out of six uh, for 63 in that touchdown. He actually kind of looked pretty effective. Yeah, they probably listened to us again. Uh, Cooper Cup, you know, 7 out of 8 for 80 and 2 carries for 17. The Rams do get Van Jefferson back after the bye week. So we'll see, though, if this Allen Robinson mm. thing. I don't really know what's happening with the Rams, like, offense either. You know, like, weird things are happening. Mm-hmm. Obviously, without Cam Akers, uh, Daryl Henderson, he was a running back one. He had 12 carries for 43 and a rushing touchdown, 2 catches for 9. He passed the eye test to me. I don't know. I think McVay uh, needs glasses. He looked uh, good. <laughs> too young to get glasses like 32 i mean i wear glasses and obviously i could see very clearly (laughs) that all season that henderson was the better back um malcolm brown seven carries for 15 one catch for 13 he was one b behind henderson um without acres so i don't know we'll see i need i need to see more from this rams offense they've been kind of weird this season Mm -hmm. and by weird i mean bad (laughs) (laughs) Um, moving into Cardinals Seahawks, uh, an upset here, final score nine nineteen. So this game sucked. <laughs> I mean, oh, I didn't watch it. We had over know. under fifty and a half. 
and we got one offensive touchdown. Like this was supposed to be a shootout. So much hype around Kyler and Geno. And in this game, the Cardinals defense and the Seahawks defense outscored their quarterbacks. So not a great game. Cardinals side, Kyler, 23 out of 37, 222. Uh, 10 carries for 100, most of which came on just one play in the first. Then Eno Benjamin, 15 carries for 37, three catches for 28. Zach Ertz, he led the receiving core, uh, 7 out of 10 for 70. Hollywood, 5 out of 9 for 68. And then Rondale Moore, 6 out of 10 targets for 49. Yeah, great. Very pedestrian. Uh, yeah, very pedestrian. On the Seahawks side, Geno Smith, he took five sacks in this game <sighs> with lots of pressure in the second half. Um, still, like he put a he put the team in a position to win, but it's a down week for sure. But the nice thing about Geno Smith, I think his floor is pretty good, he, and he doesn't even need to score a touchdown mm-hmm. to have a better week, unlike someone like Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenneth Walker. Oh yeah, that guy balled. Yeah, he it's balled out. Twenty one carries for ninety seven and one two catches for thirteen. He had the most missed tackles forced this week Ooh. with twelve. Ken Walker. Amazing. Glad I was able to get him back after dropping him. <laughs> um, Metcalf and Lockett both quiet in this game, which, you know, under constant pressure, but, you know, the Seahawks still got it done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, moving into the game that we wish was a Sunday night slate, uh, we have Bills Chiefs. So, final score was 24 20. For the Bills, it was a slow start, actually, for Josh Allen, but he salvaged the day in the second half. Uh, 27 out of 40 attempts, 329 yards, three passing touchdowns, and 12 carries for 32. So now in PPR points, he actually has 20 plus fantasy points in 13 straight wow. games. That's nuts. Yeah, crazy. He's the second player in the NFL history to ever do this. The first was Aaron Rodgers back in 2011. Mm-hmm. Although gone are those days for Aaron Rodgers, as we've seen. <laughs> um. Josh Allen's also currently supporting the wide receiver one and the wide receiver 14 on the year in half PPR. Uh, Big economy there. Yeah. Um, You know, Diggs, he had 10 catches on 13 targets, 148 and one. This is his fourth 20 plus point game in half PPR in six weeks. Gabe Davis, you know, he had a couple down weeks with the injury, but three catches on six for 74 and one. Even Dawson Knox got a touchdown on three catches for 37. Um, Devin Singletary, like we predicted, he got the usage because this was a close matchup. He had 17 carries for 85 and then four out of five targets for 22. Then Isaiah McKenzie, you know, he kind of lost some trust, I think, after dropping those two catchable balls, one of them being in the end zone, so he didn't get much work. But this Bills offense, great for real football, great for fantasy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, on the Chiefs side, Patrick Mahomes obviously had a great day, 25 out of 40, 338 yards and two passing touchdowns, four carries for 21, despite pressure from the Bills defense all day. Um, CEH, nine carries for 33. Pacheco and McKinnon split the carries behind him, but both were used in the passing game as well. But not much, not big numbers from them. No, they couldn't run the ball. They could not run the ball. Travis Kelsey, another big day per usual. Eight out of his 10 uh, targets for 108. 
And then it's oh, finally juju. it's finally juju time. You know, we t- we talked about it either it being him or MVS. Oh. They were one of them was due for a touchdown this week, and we just didn't know which one it was. That's Apparently, it was Juju. Um, five out of five, one hundred thirteen, and that touchdown that finally came. Um, so maybe next week it's MVS's turn. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. don't get excited, people, about Juju, right? Yeah, you, I wouldn't would get, get excited. excited? Yeah. Um, you know, both Juju and MVS were leading in target. They were they were both they were the top two um, receivers leading in targets without a touchdown. So you know, statistically, it was gonna come. So that's why I'm saying it's maybe MVS's time to shine this next coming week. I think they each had it was like 38 and 35 targets mm. without a touchdown, something like that. So some gamble to do this coming week. All right, let's. All right, Sunday night football, Cowboys ego, Eagles. Um, final score was 17-26. Um, for the Cowboys, Cooper Rush, he struggled hard in the first half. He had a QB rating of one. Like, that's, that's not terrible. a typo. That's not Never a typo. Wow. It's one. I didn't know. Like, I don't know. That was possible. Um, they came back a little bit, but not enough. Uh, Zeke had 13 carries for 81 and a touchdown. Pollard had 11 carries for 44. But you abandon the run game pretty fast when you start to fall behind in turnovers. Mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb, 5 out of 10 targets for 68 and 2 carries for 9. And Michael Gallup followed in targets, but only caught 2 out of 7 for 18. Yeah, very very pedestrian. Except for Seek. Yeah. On the Eagles side, uh, Hertz had 15 out of 25, 155, and 2 passing touchdowns. 9 carries for 27. Miles Sanders, 18 carries for 71 and a touchdown. This team ran the ball 39 times, which is their highest on the season. But Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott don't get much work behind Hurts and Sanders, I would say. Um, I don't expect that to change unless, you know, Sanders gets hurt. Great not to. A.J. Brown, 5 out of 8 for 67 and a mm-hmm. touchdown. Devontae Smith, 5 out of 5 for 44 and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Great days for the receiving core um, on the Eagles side. And Dallas Goddard, he was covered by Micah Parsons um, all game, so he only got two out of five for 22. All right, so next up, we move into the Monday night slate, which honestly, like, the scheduling really should have been, you know, Bills Chiefs Mm -hmm. as the Sunday night game. And then Cowboys Eagles, like, that was still a good primetime game, but it should have been the Monday night game. But instead, we had Broncos Chargers. (sighs) It was like a Thursday night game. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was bad. Um, 16-19 was the final score, and I was sitting there um, at the bar, and just, we were literally praying for a fumble, a pick six, or anything like that, just to put us out of our misery. Um, but nope, like, of course, this is the game that goes into overtime, and we had were in the bar. I was actually I was watching at home and then my friend was like, do you need a drink? I was like, I do need a drink if I'm going to keep watching this wow. game. Like, come on. <laughs> um, but let's talk stats first. Um, Broncos, Russ, he is bad. O-line is bad. Um, 15 <sighs> out of 28 completed passes, 188 yards and one touchdown. QVR rating of 34.7. And then, oh, actually... Breaking news that came about 45 minutes ago. Breaking news. Russell Wilson is getting an MRI on his hamstring today. Um, Could be a significantly, um, oh, could be a fairly significant injury. Like, 
This guy, he scrambled for three plays and pulled a hamstring, and now he's getting an MRI. Just mm, craziness. Pulling a Ben Roethlisberger, you know, pretending all these injuries. Oh, that's why I'm playing bad. Yeah. I mean, if Russ is out next week, it'll be Ripien yeah. is their backup. Um, but we can talk about that when Thursday comes. Latavius Murray, he got the carries here. It was 15 for 66. Not a lot. Uh, Melvin Gordon had three carries and then got sat for the rest of the game for some reason. Um, Nathaniel Hackett came out and said that Gordon wasn't injured. So that was weird. Um, there's a tweet out there that says that, you know, Melvin Gordon was good enough to split carries for some reason with Javante <laughs> Williams, but not good enough to play with Latavius Murray, heck? who wasn't even on the team during week one. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Uh, man. <laughs> Gordon likes that tweet. He's been liking a lot of tweets about getting traded, too, so that's kind of fun. Some spicy like drama today. Like uh, Judy, three catches out of seven targets for 54. Sutton was completely invisible to Russ. Tell me about Two it. catches for 14. And then Greg Dolcich registered an 81% root participation in his first NFL game. Saw 13% of the targets and got the touchdown. Um, came out of nowhere. And then on the flip side for the Chargers, <sighs> Herbert, good. O-line also bad. Uh, honestly, Justin Herbert, he looks scared out there. And the no. Chargers are lucky that he can move around when the pocket is collapsing. But he ended up 37 out of 57, 238 and 1, with a QBR of 49 and a half. So not much better than Russ, but still better than Russ. Eckler had 14 carries for 36 and a touchdown, 10 catches for 47. Sony Michelle back at running back two with Kelly out um, for eight, eight carries for 28. Mike Williams also had a quiet game, only caught two of his six targets for 17. Joshua Palmer, he stepped up nine catches on 12 targets for 57. And yeah, like that, it was a, it was a bad game. I expected more out of the Chargers. But you know, we have a Chargers fan here with oh. us today, Connor Yap. Um, he said, he pinged me last night and said that he took a lot of notes on the game. So let's just see what he has to say. Connor, what the hell is going on with the Chargers? You know what? You know, there's a couple things there. You know, Herbert still is 100% from his ribs. There's probably that going on. You know, they did struggle to push the ball down the field a bit. You know, probably like you mentioned, just the O-line probably isn't having, you know, having starters out, they're not 100%, and they can't really push the ball down. So they're sticking with the short game, um, which obviously the Broncos kind of carried up pretty well there. A um, couple of things that I took notes on, you know, Eckler's still super reliable guy. You can just rely on him to do anything. He's going to get that extra yard for you, dump it off to him, do whatever he needs to do to get you the yards there. Um, but overall, I think our defense was not as top tier as it should be. You know, we have all these big names. They should all be up there. Dude, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, the Chargers defense, I know the Chargers have gone through it with, um, with injuries this year, but the Chargers defense looks weak under Staley, who is a defensive coach. Like, what the hell? Staley is a terrible coach. Like, this roster is stacked, and Justin Herbert is probably the only reason, like, he has a job. I was cracking up. I was watching the post-game, um, like, interviews and stuff, and they, like, they show a clip of him talking to the team in the locker room after the game. He was talking about, you know, you got to play tough and rugged to win tough and rugged games. Like, we're talking about the Broncos here. This is not a tough and rugged game, and it's embarrassing that you even said that aloud. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. I am bringing the fire. 
Yeah. <laughs> Great man, yeah. Well, I agree. Yeah, yeah, right? So it wasn't a very tough and rugged game. It was pretty sloppy all around. Yeah. And it was just wasn't that type of game. You know, the kickers were the MVPs. And that's tough yeah. and rugged, having the kickers be the MVP of the game. Yeah, for the kickers and the special teams to get the game-winning football, like, I don't know how you can cut, call that a tough and rugged game. Now, do you think the Chargers will get rid of Brandon Staley? There's drama. No, going on. Players don't like him or something. There's a little bit of that, a little bit of decision-making there. I'm not going to put any speculation. You know, I like him. I like the aggressiveness. I like a little bit being a little bit too aggressive sometimes. Um, And I'm okay with that. You know, I'll ride or die by, you know, being a genius if you get it or be fired if you don't get it. So, um, yeah. Word on the street is that Sean Payton wants a stab at being a head coach. He He wants to play with the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Yeah. Well, I think that would be great. You know, once we get everything settled in again, if he comes in, gets, you know, he has the weapons there to kind of make it all happen. So I don't know if it'll take a couple of weeks, uh, but if that does happen, that'd be good. But again, I like Brandon Staley right now. No, no shade there. All right. Well, how do you feel about the Chargers outlook the rest of the season? Outlook, you know, Herbert's going to get better in a couple of weeks here. We're going to be fine. I think we just got to adjust some of the game plans here. Um, get some confidence up. I feel like her confidence has been down the past couple games. So get the confidence rolling again. We got another win. Keep it rolling to next week. Um, yeah, I don't know. We just got to get the confidence back up. That's my biggest thing, I think. O-line, better. Just start getting the game plan up. Push the ball downfield again. All right. All right, that's Connor Jap, uh, manager of my league, <laughs> League 2. Uh, how are you doing in your fantasy team? Quickly. Yeah, uh, I think I'm four or five. I, I won this won week. This four or five? I won this week. Games. Wow. Yeah, so I'm doing pretty good. You know, need to make some trades, though. All Not right. enough trades happening. Well, nice to meet you, man. Fighting yeah. in person, and let's keep rolling with the next games. Uh, okay, uh, it goes into the waivers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep that there. <laughs> um, okay, it's waiver Tuesday night, the night I stay awake till like 3 a.m., and I hate it because then on Wednesdays I'm all like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, this is a big waiver wire week. You know, we have week seven buys, which is Bills, Rams, Vikings, Eagles. A lot of notable fantasy players are going to be gone this week. Um, four out of the five highest scoring players in fantasy football this season. Well, at least I don't have any of those. So whatever. Yeah, but you have Josh Allen, who scored 173 on the year. Stephon Diggs, 150.6. Uh, Cooper Cup, 148.8. Got Jalen Hurts, 145.86. Mm, you know, even Kirk Cousin has been serviceable for the yeah. most of the season. Yeah. AJ Brown, Justin yeah. Jefferson, right. Dalvin Cook. Like, oh, you're right. We're talking first and second round draft picks here. So, oh unless you have st- drafted strategically with <laughs> your bye weeks in mind, which I don't think most people it's do. It's too hard. I tried that last year and like bombed. Yeah. So, you might be taking a big L in the week if you don't have good backups. Um, you didn't plan ahead and you didn't look at things, you know, last week, which is um, something that we will suggest okay. to people in the future. But that's something that I definitely did, at least for the leagues that I could. Um, but let's talk about some bye week fill-ins. It's, some of it is pretty promising. Some of it's not so pretty. I think the quarterbacks is kind of where it's not as pretty, you know. Mm. This year has been a weird year where the middle of the round quarterbacks, the historical studs, like, have been – abysmal yeah piss poor man like the floor is not good the floor is like 10 10 points seven something and so if you're used to you know josh allen giving you 30 points on the week like you might be just taking an l um 
But the quarterbacks that we're talking about this week, I think, you know, <laughs> I know, I can't believe it, but you're looking at Jimmy G playing the Chiefs. Okay. I think, you know, he's 39% rostered. He's going to need a throw because points. the Niners going to be playing from behind. So, yeah, 10 points. You're looking at these. I, I actually like it. These guys, like you're looking, you're not looking, you're not going to get the QB one production. These are QB twos with potential upside. All right, just a level set with everyone. Um, you got Daniel Jones, thirty percent rostered against the Jaguars. Um, you got Matt Ryan, who's twenty nine percent rostered against the Tennessee Titans. So you could do worse. Marcus Mariota, someone we've talked about before, yeah, is a streamer. He he, yeah, he has the ability to extend plays with his legs, which is his biggest upside. He's 15% rostered. So I think mm. you're looking at those four. Um, potentially Jameis, if he starts against the Cardinals on Thursday, but that's kind of up in the air right now. That's, if he not, I, I, that's very risky. Very risky. Very risky. The other guys you mentioned. Um, wide receivers. Michael Gallup, 50% mm. rostered. Okay. He gets a good matchup against the Lions. His target share has been e- increasing week over week since returning from injury and if Dak is back in obviously this whole passing offense gets an upgrade against the Lions I think the Lions are the 26th ranked defense right now on the league and they give up a lot of points so he's probably the number one I would go for if he's available check him here Uh, number two if he's available Rondale Moore 46% rostered he should get significant volume on Thursday against the Saints, who are without Marshawn Lattimore. They're giving up the fourth most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Um, you know, they're without Hollywood for this game. Then we got Alec Pierce, 39% rostered. If available, you pick him up as well. He scored three games with double digits and just missed a, another double-digit game um, by like a point. He gets the targets in his last four games. He's 18 um, completed uh, out of 27, 271 yards and a touchdown and has a good matchup against the Titans, whose secondary has just been absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So could be looking at a Matt Ryan, Alec Pierce stack. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Wandale Robinson, 8% rostered, you know. Dabble says that he hopes to get more snaps in for Robinson. They're just being careful with him coming Mm. off the knee injury. But we know the rest of the receiving room is really banged up for the Giants. They get a good matchup with Jacksonville giving up double digits to both Pittman and Pierce this past week. So he's, I think, someone that you want to look at for the wide receivers. Running backs get a little bit more tough. Really, I feel like Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. That's six how per- bad it is. 6% rostered. Now, Please. with J.K. Dobbins potentially banged up, the usage for Kenyon Drake will be there against Cleveland. Mm. Just talked about Cleveland. Okay. Their defense has not been good. They're giving up about 131 yards on the ground and the fourth most points to fantasy running backs this year. So Drake has potential upside. The same thing with Gus Edwards. If he does end up playing um, on Sunday for the Ravens, he gets the upside. If you have him stashed in the IR, you're probably pretty happy about Mm -hmm. that. But if you don't, you could pick him up as well. For tight ends, you got Robert Tunyon. So 43% rostered right now. He had his biggest game this past week since coming back from that knee injury. 12 targets is also the most for any tight ends on this past week. So that's pretty good. Without Randall Cobb um, in this upcoming matchup, he could get more usage in the game. Okay. And then Daniel Bellinger, we talked about him last week. You did. Um, I just looked. 
3% rostered, so apparently nobody picked him up. Um, <laughs> but we talked about him last week. He's now caught um, 15 for 139, and his usage continues to trend up. I think, you know, he's got a lot of upside Ballinger. here. Checking here for Ballinger. And then finally, defenses. So defenses get Jets. a little bit tough. Um, I think maybe look at the Raiders. They get the Texans. Uh, um, the Dolphins, they have the Steelers. And then Jets, Broncos is an interesting one. Well, the Broncos, yeah. You can start him against Russell. Inter- yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, the Bloomberg just yeah, perfect. That's my pick. Yeah. So... I think those are the the biggest picks for the waiver wires, and then I guess you know may luck be in your favor. It's a it's a tough may week they for be sure. out there, huh? Just take the loss, people, and let me win. Oh well, uh, let's see. So we tons of info. Thank you, Bloomberg. Thank you, Connor, for hanging around uh, again, feeling the group just like Ace Frehley from Kiss. That's the song you heard at the beginning, and we'll hear at the outro. And we are. Out like the Bills, the Rams, the Vikings, and the Eagles. Or more like Robbie Anderson. I don't know. Whatever. You pick, guys. See you. I'm back.